This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this May 4th edition of Invest Talk. We're working along with you to secure your financial well-being. We all want that, and that's our main mission in life here on the program. And, of course, you know, our professional life as well when we manage people's money. You really don't have to be a genius to do it. You don't. You just need to form a plan and be disciplined, be committed. You know, that, that's really what you need to do. If you get the facts about saving and investing and follow through with an intelligent plan, you should be able to gain financial security. It's just going to take years. It's not going to be right away. You're not going to get rich quick. If you want to try to get rich quick, you go to Las Vegas or you, you play lotto or whatever. But if you want to make money and be consistent about it and be disciplined about it, you can in the stock market. It's not hard. It takes time and a little bit of knowledge. So I encourage you to ask questions. So we get to our number one job, answering your questions from our 24-hour listen line, 888-99-CHART. It's how to reach us anytime. Hey, Steve, Justin. Uh, my name is Ben from Orange County, California, Garden Grove to be specific. I have a real estate question for you guys. Bought a uh, condo. For 335 in 2016, now it's appraising uh, for 415. So you know, with all the equity I've built up, I have probably over 100,000 dollars in equity. I keep hearing that there's going to be a recession with the housing. I'm not sure if I should sell. Um, I'm currently using it as a rental property right now. They're basically paying for my my mortgage, so I'm not sure if I should sell my condo and take the equity and save for the for the downturn and buy a house or just keep the rental property and save money on the side and buy a house and keep my rental property. Uh, just curious about the future, next uh, two, three, four years. Thanks. I'll be listening. Bye. Well, that's how I made my first million dollars was real estate, and that's exactly how I did it. I bought a house, a small house, an old house, a fixer-upper. It was really dilapidated in Orange County, where you are, South Orange County. Um, kept it, saved up money for the buy another house, took the equity out of the first house, bought the second house, and that's how I did it. So I would tell you, keep the house. Is it going to go down in value? At some point, you'll lose it. But remember, you will lose some of it. You won't ever lose all of it. And, you know, I'm talking about your equity. But you have to think in long terms, just like stock investing and real estate investing, long term. As long as it's in a good location, as long as it's a very stable area and you can get good rents, let the renters pay off your mortgage for you over the years. Think about, remember, they're the one, there's a savings account. It's a more conservative savings account. So I, I, would, I would definitely keep it. Definitely keep it. That's what I would do. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, each Friday we take a moment to skim over the surface of the weekly, uh, weekly premium newsletter that I type up and put it out there every Friday morning. It goes out to subscribers' email box every Friday morning. Today in our current market conditions section, there was a blizzard of economic reports this week, I said. 
uh, and a flood of first quarter earnings reports. 70% of the companies of the S&P 500 reported their numbers, and they are, were strikingly higher than expected. Striking. They were sharply higher. Did you know that? Than expected. Remember, they are going to be higher than expected. That, that's because that's how the, those uh, analysts work it. They like to make, they like to have surprises. They want to have an upside surprise, and they and they generally achieve it. But this time it was, it was more of a surprise than they expected. So that was kind of interesting. And and of course we talked about, uh, I talked about the inflation, the Fed meeting, in that newsletter mentioned 164,000 new jobs that was produced out for last month. Even though the experts were expecting closer to 200,000, I was a little bit disappointed about that. A couple of stock ideas were in there. And each week, I offer thoughts, principles, perspectives to help guide through managing your own portfolio. This week, we talked about the fact that typically, during times of stock market losses, money flows into bond markets for safety and steady returns, and as a place to park cash during lots of volatility. Now, for the past many years, this has been the case. Recently, the, uh, the, recently, the usual negative correlation between bond and stock market has turned positive. Usually, the bond market goes in one direction and the stock market the other. Now, they're both going in the same direction. That's unusual. Hmm, what is that trying to tell us? That's hard to know. Consumer Watch, I talked about Social Security and the common expectations about its impact on retirees. You know, people think they're going to live on Social Security. It's not enough money. So if you want to try the weekly premium newsletter, if you think you can, it will help you enhance your knowledge, well, give it a shot. You know, it's a good resource, I think. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab. It's just $9 a month. That's it. I welcome your question today. Our main talking point is investing on a shoestring. Some of the other topics I want to talk about. Okay, I want to go over the jobs report with you. Definitely want to do that. Uh, I want to talk about uh, a, a wage acceleration. Wage acceleration. And I want to talk about what states in the first quarter are growing the fastest. Do you think you know? Hmm. There's one particular state that outshone all the other states. Hmm. How I like to do you have a guess? We'll talk about those things. You know, that we had a blizzard of economic reports out this week. So there was a ton of information. So much so that, you know, I, I didn't go over it even in the newsletter, not all of it, just touched on the highlights. Let's go to Bill in Fremont. How you doing, Bill? Hi, hi, Mr. Peasley. How are you? I'm good, and you call me Steve. Okay, Steve, how are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good, thanks. You were talking good, good. Um, you were talking about something that's kind of right up my alley. Uh, I haven't invested yet. I called you uh, probably last year asking if it's a good time for a novice investor to get in. You said it wasn't, and I took your advice. I haven't invested yet. Uh, is that still true? Should I not invest yet? Should I wait a little bit? Well, I think I think we're good. You've seen how volatile the market has been since January, right? Late January, early February. Right. I, I think I think that. that's going. Yeah, I think that's going to last through most of the summer. But I would say that I think by the end of the summer, beginning of fall, I think that's when uh -huh. you should get in the market. Oh, great, great. Um, 
I do have uh, $2,500 to invest in a, a broker account. Um, you mentioned that uh-huh. for someone like myself that's new at it, that go to ETFs. I know what ETFs are, yep. but what is the difference between, between investing in a regular stock in a company and an ETF? I, I mean, I know what the okay. ETF is, but what would be the difference? Because they just lose and win the same price as a regular stock, I would think. But. Well, they trade like a regular stock, but an ETF is a grouping of stocks. It could be an index. Right. It could be a, a sector. So it, it gives you automatic diversification, especially if you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of money. You can't buy 20 or 30 stocks, individual stocks. Okay. But you can buy an ETF that has 20, 100, 500 stocks inside it. So it gives you instant diversification, and that's less risky. Still, you're taking I, risk in the market, but it's less risky than just buying a stock. Okay, okay I got you. That's why you yeah. Would you recommend... Okay. Recommend that I start off with $2,500, or is that too much for a guy like Yeah, $2,500 is fine. That's plenty of money to start off with. Well, yeah, it okay. is. Okay, okay. Okay. I'll try it. I, I know you... I'm sorry. Am I holding up? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't want to say any broker accounts over the air, because I'm not sure if you're allowed to do that. I don't know if you can give... No, you can do it. ...over the air. Oh, okay, so I heard that uh, Charles Schwab is a very good broker account to open for someone who's do it. Is that, I don't know, is that true? I don't know if I should be doing that. Actually, it, it, Schwab is a good discount brokerage firm. I would say yes, it would be. Uh, I would okay. prefer that you not go with a family, a Schwab family or a Vanguard family or a Fidelity family. I would probably go with like a TD Ameritrade or Scott Trade or E-Trade. Then you can buy Schwab funds, Vanguard funds, Fidelity funds. Or ETFs, you have more freedom, and I would go to a discount brokerage firm like that, and I think okay. you'll it'd be less costly, less costly for you too. Got TD Ameritrade is my favorite. TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade. Okay. Oh, I've seen that before. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank okay. you very much. Mr. Thank Mr. you very much. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank- Take care. Bye. Okay, Bill. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Can one man move the market? Maybe if it's Warren Buffett. You see what shares of Apple did today? Did you see what he did? Apple's up 3.9%. We'll talk about that. I mean, it, Warren Buffett, I'll just tell you. Warren Buffett bought 75 million shares of Apple in the most recent quarter. 75 million shares. You know how much money that is? How many, that, $7.5 billion more than that, because that's $100, would be $7.5 billion. That's just amazing. That's amazing. You are the talk and invest talk, everybody. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk continues. We remind you of some of the resources available to our InvestTalk insiders. Steve has prepared a short ETF list. Sign up and get it for free right now on InvestTalk.com. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Art in Menlo Park. How are you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you? Congratulations to your nephew. I'm good. I guess you got drafted by the uh, Niners here. 
Yeah, it was pretty. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Art, it was really exciting. Uh, my nephew, everybody, is uh, Dante Pettis. Drafted early in the second round, 44th pick. So we're pretty excited about it. 49ers. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, you. Do you know of any uh, ETFs that carry uh, the trustees uh, in them, like uh, companies that uh, that offer the uh, trustees? Because I was just thinking about it, and I was like trying to uh, figure out if. Okay, they had any- for everybody else, for everybody else, Art, Art is talking about first trust, first or second trust deeds on property, and he's asking if is there an ETF that does that. Now, Art, I, I don't know of any. I know there's a lot of ETFs that are involved in real estate, and then there's REITs that are involved in real estate, and that's what be, that might be your better bet as a real estate investment trust that is involved in first and second trust deeds. Hmm. I, think a, I don't think the ETF route, I don't think so on the ETFs, but I bet there's a REIT out there that does exactly what, what you're saying. So, uh, okay. but I don't know them off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, I just thought I'd uh, ask okay, so. if you might have any. Good question. All right. Good question, Art. Thank, thank you. Much. Appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. What'd you say? I didn't catch that. Okay, yeah. Now, did you see the market? What happened today? We had the jobs report. They came out. Nothing too exciting about it. Uh, it also came out that Warren Buffett bought 75 million shares of Apple in the you know, first quarter. That kind of helped Apple. And after that news, the markets just started rising. And it, wasn't, it was negative initially. The Dow ended up being up 332 points. The Nasdaq 121 points. And the S&P up 34 points. And that, today's activity, put the week... Even after four negative days in a row, four down days in a row, they put the week for uh, on. A, I think it was up for the week. It was very close to being flat, but so the the week was up for the first time in a couple of weeks. So I, I thought that was pretty 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 good recovery. This is, remember it was down big yesterday and recovered almost all of it back. Still was down a little bit by the end of the day, but it was, and today we had an up day, so that's good. Maybe you've got questions about a bond ladder, do you? We'll talk about that. I'd be happy to. 888-99-CHARGE. How you get through to me right now. Let's get back to Invest Talk, made possible each day by KPP Financial. Fitting investment programs to real-life situations and keeping their clients in the loop, open to questions, and ready to go that extra mile to help you feel confident with your retirement plan. To learn more about KPP's investment programs, go to investtalk.com and click on the Investments tab. Now let's hear your question. 888-99-CHART is how to reach InvestTalk right now. 888-99-CHART, let's talk to John in Fremont. How you doing, John? Uh, hi, Steve. I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just wanted Thank to get you. your opinion uh, on the stock, PayPal. Uh, is it uh, old or is it sell? Uh, on what stock? PayPal? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, PayPal. Okay, yeah. I talked about, someone called about this just yesterday, but I'll talk about it again. I don't mind. 
Uh, PayPal, everybody. Um, provides digital mobile payments on behalf of consumers and merchants worldwide. It's a very strong company, 87, $88 billion in size, so it's a big cap company, and it's growing 25% the last three quarters on average. 25% a quarter for the last three quarters. Earnings are going to be $2.34 this year, $2.34 a share. Uh, that's a 23% increase, and then $2.82 next year, that's another 21%. Now, because of these strong numbers, you're going to have to overpay for the stock. The P.E. ratio is in the 30s. P.E. ratio has never been below 22, so it's always been expensive. So the question is, as it came to its 200-day moving average, is this as far as it's going to come off its high? It was a high of $85. You know, now it's the beginning of the year, right, right beginning of this year. $85 today, it's at $73.99. And John, you're going to have to overpay for it, but this is a good support area to buy the stock. But they have to continue that strong growth in sales, or else it's going to go down in value. Okay. Okay. Thanks okay, for the call, yeah, John. Thanks for the Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, so so let's talk about let's talk about our main talking point today. And that is how, you know, how to get started if you have no money. How do you start? And there was a perfect example of the call earlier. I wanted to get in. He has now about $2,500, which is pretty good. Just get started. But what you have to do is if you don't have any money, you have to produce savings. Now, I love it when people say, well, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I go pay to paycheck to paycheck, and I just there's no room for me to save anything. And I always say that that's not true. Do you have to get to Starbucks twice a week? No, make your own coffee. Do you have to go out to lunch or dinner all the time? Because most people do instead of making their own. You know, if you're going to get started, you have to find room in your budget to invest. Even if it's just $100 a month, you have to do it. Because you have to save up that seed money, whatever it is. You know, $1,000, $2,000, you got to get there so you can start investing. Okay? Now, many people can do it through their work, through their 401k. And if the employer matches, it is foolish not to put money in your 401k and not take the free money that the employer is matching. Of course you're going to do that. You have to take that free money. If you don't put anything in your 401k, they don't match it with anything. Now, if your employer doesn't match, okay, then don't do a 401k. You can always do an IRA. Okay, so you can do it on your own through that. But the main point here is you have to take steps to do it. You have to. Because no one's going to, no one's going to, no one's going to, in your retirement age, no one's going to pay for you. you got to do it yourself. Anyway. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So we did have a pretty good turnaround, an intraday turnaround yesterday. It was pretty strong. The, the Dow was down like 500 points and ended up being down like 5 points. Today it started off kind of on the weak side, but gain, slowly gained strength during the day. But I want to point out that all it, all it <laughs> has done is tested the lows we made in February before it started to look a little bit better in the last, you know, late yesterday and today. 
So we're still in this strong, this malaise of a correction. The, and I, I see that certain stocks and some of the bigger stocks are not doing very well. But earnings are coming in very strong, very, very strong. And the longer the stock market goes sideways like it is, the better and more health restoring it is. We needed this because the market doesn't go in one direction. We got very spoiled last year. Hardly, I mean, we had hardly any, any volatility. I think the average was like 0.3 tenths of a percent on a day-to-day -day basis. Now we get one, 2% in a day when don't even think about it. I'm talking about movement up and down during the day. So we, we just, this is, a, this is a health restoring event. If the earnings keep coming in like they are, they're gonna really drive down the PE ratio, the market's gonna become undervalued, and then we'll have another leg up in the market. And that's our best case scenario. And if the economy keeps staying strong, which it looks like it will for a while, that's going to be what's going to happen. So what's coming up on the next Invest Talk? Factor investing, an automated approach to beating the market. That will be one of the topics on Invest Talk for Monday. As always, we're here to answer your questions on any money topic. Call me right now at 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues next on Invest Talk. One of the KPP financial solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzles is waiting for you. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you just don't feel comfortable with? KPP Financial has a whole catalog of investment programs suited for today's investment climate and designed to suit your real life situation today. Would you like to know more about the Balanced Income Program, for example? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts or ask Steve directly about it. Just click on Contact Steve on investtalk.com and your note will go directly to him and he'll answer your question. The Balanced Income Program is one solution from KPP Financial. And now let's get back to the podcast. is Invest Talk, and Steve is here to help you work out solutions. Size up today's market and make sense of your money choices. And Steve is here right now to handle your questions on our anytime line, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Raphael in uh, New Jersey. How you doing, Raphael? Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the good call. To hear. Yep. I uh, had a question about CBS. I just bought a half position. I'm seeing this thing like really cheap, um, 10 times trailing, 9 times forward, 17% ROE. I guess the market is worried about this merger. I, I don't understand. I wanted to get your yeah, opinion on it. Uh, see, well, CBS is cheap. You're right, Raphael. It is cheap. CBS Health Corp. It's a, a, a $64 billion company, operates 9800 Pharmacies and drugstores in 49 states, Puerto Rico and Brazil. Okay, it's going to make $6.84 this year. That's 16% more than last year. And then $7.18 next year. So that's another 5%. So it's $7.18 and it's a $63 stock. 
that means it's going to be under 10, and the five-year range is 10 to 23 on its P.E. So it's going to be under 10 next year with a 16% return on equity. So yeah. this looks like a this looks like a good value buy there, Raphael. Good value. It hit 60 right. back and right at the end of March, beginning of April. And remember, 63. Then it shot up to 69, and the last four or five days it fell back down at 63. Looks like it's testing a, a bottom. And, and if it hits and bounce, it have put in a double bottom, and that to me is a pretty good buy point. So it pays a 3.2% right. dividend. And I don't care if the market's nervous, nervous about the merger. I think that you're going to see more consolidation in this space because CVS, they're, they're competing with, you know, online drug stores and things. But I don't yeah. think they're going away. I don't. I think they're fine. Okay. okay great. Good luck Thank with it, Raphael. Much, Steve. I appreciate it. Th 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 thanks for the call. appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So we had 160,000 jobs produced you know, this uh, last month. That was a little bit under the 200,000 they expected. And factory utilization, factory utilization is up to 78%. Why do I mention that? Because full utilization is 80%. And we're looking. if you looked at the jobs report, there really is no wage inflation to worry about. There isn't. What's happened is companies have been extending the pressure on their employees to work longer. The work week is at its highest. Since it, it, the work week is at its highest, and the last time it's been this high was World War II. <laughs> That's, so it's really everybody's working a lot longer hours trying to produce. Now, the thing that companies need to do, we need to increase our productivity because that would help with our standard of living. Okay, so we're all working harder. Employers are having trouble finding more employees, and they haven't really pushed up salaries that much. So why did the Fed not, not increase rates this week? I think it might be because they, the wages, there's no inflation pressure really from wages yet. Companies do need to spend more money on capital spending. Capital spending. What's capital spending? That's building new factories, buying new equipment, that kind of thing. Remember, Apple is going to put, what, $30 billion in capital spending? Also, Apple announced a huge buyback program this week. And then, of course, Warren Buffett bought 75 million shares of Apple this last quarter. So everything is looking pretty good and we're not really fearing inflation yet. That's a good thing. Those, you know, there's not. And with all this good news, you would think the market would go up. What's the market worried about? What, what's so worried? Well, the market's worried that they know uh, the Federal Reserve has said they're going to raise rates no matter what this year. Apparently, they're going to ignore anything else and just keep raising rates because they've been so accommodative. And the whole world is going to start tightening. All the central banks, talking about the ECB and you know their bank, that the European banking uh, system, and also to Japan. Right now they're not, but they're all talking about it. So the market is digesting this change in condition, where everything was all the money was super super easy to now is not going to be so easy, and they're trying to adjust for that. You listen to Invest Talk. 
We try to be a source of straight talk about your money. We welcome any and all money questions. 888-99-CHARGE. How you can reach our 24 hours a day. 888-992-4278. Let's have a conversation. Steve and Justin hope you can join them for a special evening of learning and expanding your investment skills. Take your investing skills to the next level using fundamental and technical analysis. Join them May 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Before this webinar is over, you'll be familiar with fundamental analysis about ratios, profitability, and growth, technical analysis, support resistance and patterns, and company analysis, how to measure its strength, weakness, and opportunities. Please mark this date on your calendar, May 30th, 6.30 p.m. It's free, and registration begins this weekend on investtalk.com. Steve and Justin, thank you guys for everything that you do. Just had a question about Procter & Gamble. Looking at buying it for a long-term hold. Looks like it's near long-term support. Pays a nice 3.97 dividend here. Looking for the next 20 years. Wanted to see what you thought. A lot of the brands they own, I don't see going out of business or really experiencing a lot of competition in the near future. Just wanted to get your take. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, Procter & Gamble, of course, is a big blue chip company, $182 billion in size, so it's huge. It's a non-cyclical company because they manufacture beauty care products, cleaning products, diapers, tissues, healthcare, toothpaste, and those things are always bought in a recession or not a recession. So it's not cyclical. It doesn't the, Their sales do not depend on the economic cycle. Now, being $182 billion, you're certainly not looking for growth. It's not a, going to be a growth stock. Even though it is growing, you know, one to four percent in sales, and earnings are going up seven percent this year and another seven percent next year. So, the stock has fallen from ninety dollars down to seventy-one dollars today. It's seventy-two forty-three. Bounced, had a little bounce today, and that's a that's a new fifty-two week low that it had two days ago. By the way, at seventy-one dollars or sixty-nine something. So it's right at its low. Um, the and it is a four percent dividend. The P range, five-year P range is 17 to 25. Now, I will say that in the last five years, that it is now trading at that low range at 17. But I just want to warn you that Procter & Gamble and all like kind of quality companies are trading at elevated PEs in relationship to their long-term history. You go back before 2008, what was the average PE? Procter & Gamble, below 15. And now it's at 17. And 17 is its low for the last five years. But we're getting a little jaundice because the market has been in a bull market phase. So I would, this, this is not a bad buy point, but I would wait to see if it's, this is the low that it makes because it just hit this two days ago. I'd rather see a double bottom on this, go up a little bit, then come back down, test that low again, then come off. That would be a much more comfortable buy point and I think you might want to just don't be in a big rush to buy it because I think you might get that. I want to see some strength come into the stock a little bit before you buy it. Okay? But it's a good solid company. I mean this is a kind this is a core holding. Once you buy it, you leave it alone, like you suggested. Just leave it alone. Don't even think about it. And just live off the dividends. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay, um let's talk about the 
there was three states in the United States whose economy in 2017, their economy shrank. Shrank. Three states. What state do you think grew the strongest last year? It was be Washington. Why does Washington state grow the strongest? It's all about Microsoft and Amazon. They drove that stock. Remember, it's a combination. California was one of one of the higher growth uh, states, you know, and and that. But it's also about the size of the economy of the state because you know the smaller the economy, the that and it starts to grow. It's easier to grow it than a big economy like California. Now, which ones shrank? Connecticut, Kansas, and Louisiana. Contracted about one to two tenths of a percent. Not a, not big, but some. So, you know, I think it's a good lesson. Uh, besides California and Washington, Colorado also did really well, and so did Arizona. So they were the ones that grew most. And, and that was about, for for Washington, it's 4.4%. 3% for Colorado, Nevada, Arizona. In California, Utah did pretty well, just bit low, just below 3%. So those are where the states are growing the best. The best. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? We're going to get back to the phones and pick up another question on our 24-hour listen line. Hello, this is Jerry in Missouri, and I own the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, TSM, and I'm wondering if I should go ahead and move the stock and get into another sector. Thank you. Bye. Taiwan, it's a Taiwan company, Taiwan Semiconductor, TSM. Taiwanese maker of logic mix signal for for you know chip construction and integrated device manufacturing pieces that kind of stuff. Uh, they're 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 pretty healthy. They're uh, going to make two dollars thirty six cents this year. That's eight percent more than last year per share. Then two sixty two per share next year. That's another eleven percent up. Pays a 2.4% dividend. It's a big company, $200 billion, and they're growing like 15, 16, 10, 10% in the most recent quarter, 15% in the quarter before that. So uh, it's a pretty cyclical company. And the PE range, PE right now is 17, and the five year range is 9 to 21. So it's not inexpensive. But it is a very good company. Return on equity is 25%, which is very good. Now, it has fallen from like 46 down to 38. But it's just because of that fall is not a reason to sell the stock. That's not a reason to sell the stock. What was the reason for you buying it? What, what did you think would happen? How long have you had it? Um... I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back and retests those 45, 46, but it might take the rest of the year to do it. So, uh, you know, it's a $200 billion company. It's the kind of stock that you buy and hold and you just be content with the dividends and you try to buy it at a low price. Uh, so, I don't think it's a low price even today, perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest about it. TSN. 
Let's go to Josh in Dublin. How you doing, Josh? Uh, thank you, Steve, for uh, taking my call. Uh, I have a question regarding uh, uh, the gold ETF for GLD. Uh, do you think is it a good time to buy or uh, pass it on? I'm not a big gold person, but I will say that I do think it is a good time to buy gold. I'd rather see you buy GDX, which is the gold miners index. GLD tracks the price of gold. That's what this ETF does. Tracks the price of gold about 10% of the price of gold. Uh, it's not perfect because they have expenses and stuff, so there's not a perfect track of gold. But I do think gold is a good place to be uh, be, uh, to hide it from a little bit of this volatility we're having. Uh, and, and Josh, I do think commodities in general are going to do well over the next you know year or two. I do. So, and it went, went, and right now on a chart, it's finding support right at the 200-day moving average. It was $128, $129. Now it's $123.75. And that's the 200-day moving average. So this would be the place that you would buy it, Josh. I would. That would. This would be the buy point. Okay. Uh, so what? Uh, Thank so you. What percentage of the portfolio you would suggest to allocate? Say that again. Uh, what uh, percentage of the portfolio you would suggest to allocate to GLD? No more than three to five percent. Not a lot. You don't ever want to put uh, overbuy any one thing. Okay. Thanks for the call. Okay, Appreciate thank it, Josh. Thank you. Here's an investing term you should know. What is a call option? Well, first of all, you know you, you know what an option is. A call option is an agreement that gives you, an investor, the right, but not the obligation. You don't have to, but you have the right to, if you want to, to buy a stock or a bond or a commodity or other instrument. As a, at a specific a specified price within a specified time period, call option. I can call the stock away from somebody in this time frame at this price. It may help you to remember that a call option gives you the right to call it or buy it, an asset. Your profit, you profit on a call when the underlying asset increases in price. So let's say it goes from $20 to $30 within the specified period of time, and you have a call option of $25. Well, you get to buy it at $25. You can immediately turn around and sell it at $30 because that's, oh, that's the price of the thing on the market. So it gives you the right to buy it. You don't have to. We have time for your call as we move into the last segment of the hour, everybody. You can check in right now, 888-99-CHART. So join in the discussion, 888-992-4278. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Friday, May 4th. Decades of research have given way to a parade of sell it and forget it product launches especially exchange-traded funds, factor investing, an automated approach to beating the market. That's next time. You have a question for Steve right now. 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. We're going to go talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Jerry? 
good. How are you? Long time no talk. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Um, I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. So AT&T, it, it's, uh, last time I got into it was around this point. Wrote it up, dumped it at 38. Now it's back down to where I got it last time. What do you think? I'd buy it again. See, AT and T, everybody, you're not gonna you're not gonna get growth, right? You're not. It doesn't grow. It's kind of stagnant. But you are gonna get a six point two percent dividend. You are gonna get an undervalued stock. I mean, the, it's a thirty two dollar and fourteen cent stock, and they're gonna make three dollars and forty seven cents next year. So it's under ten, and its five year range is ten to sixteen, which is pretty much normal for AT and T. So, yeah, I think you'll get another ride up. It might take the rest of the year to get up there, Jerry. I mean, it might take a little while, but I think I think it will. Now, it's only going to go up to probably $38, so don't $37, $38. It's not going to you know, skyrocket on you, but I do think you'll right. get that. Meanwhile, you'll collect that big dividend. They're going to pay it. Right. So this is, where, this is the buy point. Now, it could go down more. It could, but it, the last time it was here, it bounced right up. So I do it. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. That's AT&T. The symbol is T. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, we talked about the wages. We talked about the long-term economic growth in our economy. And the problem with what's happening is long-term economic growth used to be 3%. And the experts are kind of doubting that the first world countries are ever going to get up to that point again. And they're saying because of the massive debt that they've incurred and that they're pointing to previous recoveries and how the recovery seems to be less strong on first world countries. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm buying that necessarily. I, I, I don't necessarily buy into that. It could be other factors as well. Because, you know, you have, when you get to a certain size, it's, it's hard to continue growing at the same pace just because you're so big. And the first world countries are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So maybe you're not going to be able to grow 3% because of the size. They're already massive. And they can't continue to be massive forever, keep that same pace of growth. Unless there's a big sea change in you know, technology or the way things are manufactured. And we've seen that since, you know, the dot-com era. We've seen a sea change. But, you know, the, I, I just don't, I'm not, not buying into that we're going to be stagnant at lesser and lesser recoveries and recessions, from recessions. Just don't see it. But that's what the experts are saying. And they're placing the blame on debt. Just not sure. Now, did anybody listen to... Um, did anybody listen to the to the uh, to the uh, the call the earnings call from Tesla CEO CEO? Anybody listen to it? This is a classic. This is a this is a classic lawsuit waiting to happen. I think you're going to see a class action lawsuit from his his responses to his his uh, conference call about his about the earnings of Tesla. If you listen to it, you'll see that he just dismissed the experts' questions. He belittled them. He, you know, uh, uh, it, it just was childish, really. It really was childish. And he's the CEO of Tesla. 
Why do I think that's open for a class action suit? Because right after that, yesterday, the stock went down. Okay, well, you can't, just because the stock went down doesn't mean, you know, it's his fault and therefore you get a class action suit. Well, they can file a lawsuit, but remember, Tesla is going to need more money from Wall Street and they may not be able to get what they need. That may impact the stock. I think they won't be able to get what they need. That will impact the stock even worse. Well, who? Why? May, the blame could be that it was because of his response to the first quarter earnings when he was asked about them is why he couldn't get those the additional dollars he's going to need down the road and giving weight to a class action lawsuit. I just see it. it, it I think it's coming. Just for no reason. No reason. Because he didn't want to do what his job. Pretty bad. Time in the hour, everybody. Reminder. I will be in San Jose for individual retirement reviews. These can really help you if you're in your retirement portfolio. I'm hoping to keep it on track. The date is June 6th. June 6th. Reserve your hour now on investtalk.com. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I thank you for making us part of your day. And let's do it again on Monday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line.